in John chapter 18 and verse 12, uh, Jesus is, uh, John chapter 8, did I say 18? Okay, it's the medicine. Okay. John chapter 8 and verse 12. Okay. And Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk, shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Now, if you go over into Genesis, and you don't have to go over there, but you, you can write it down. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 4, God said, let there be light. And there was light. And the light, the light overruled the darkness. And so therefore, God called that the first day. But yet, if you go to Genesis 1, 14 through 18, he, he, he uh, uh, created the sun and the moon and the stars on the fourth day. So when, Jesus, when, when the Lord said, let there be light, then what he was speaking about was his son. And the radiance of his son shining through the darkness was the first day. Now, you don't have to believe that, but I believe that with all my heart. Because the, the sunshine that we have out there is the, is, is the, the sun, the S-U-N. And that was created on the fourth day. But the S-O-N shone his light, and it overwhelmed the darkness on the first day. And so that we have always been walking in light as Jesus is in the light. The light overwhelms the darkness, did then and it always will. Jesus Christ is the light of life. Now here's, here's light. I'm going to give you the, the definition of light, not according to Webster's, but according to the Greek. Here's light. This light is never quenched. It's the light of day. It's of the world. Listen, here's what it is. It's power and authority. The one holding authority is the ruler of everything. And then it also means cosmos, which it means set in order, not time, but space. Okay? And so he set it in order. And what he set in order was his power, his authority, and as ruler over everything. And so when you look at this and you see Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And so it says, he who follows me. Now, when you look at he who follows me, this is a choice that you have to make. It is an independent concept apart from any outward act. It is a choice that you have to make to follow the Lord. You know, we think sometimes that, that the Lord just is, we're just going to follow him. But that's not true. Listen, my friend, you have to make a choice to follow the Lord. And there's something about holiness. You have to make a choice to follow God in holiness. How many of you know that? The apostle Peter said about the Lord, he said, the Lord is holy and we ought to be just like he is. In all manner of our behavior, in all manner of conversation, we need to be holy. And, you know, men used to repent from sin. And when they repented from sin, 
they didn't have sin in their life anymore. I mean, when they repented of sin, they didn't have things in their life anymore that they had. And when I, I'm taking a new concept on what I think salvation is, I believe that when we give our hearts to the Lord and we turn our life around for him, we stop sinning. And I'm going to show you how I, I showed it last week, but I want to show you again how we do that. The, first of all, one, one, one of the problems that we have in the church is that we confess sin instead of repent. And, and John the Baptist's message was repent, and Jesus' first message was repent, and his last message was repent. How many of us understand that we need to repent? It's okay to confess because we need to confess sin as Christians so that God can wash us by the water of the word and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yes, I'm talking about Christians. But when, when it comes to salvation, we need to repent. Paul tells the Corinthian church, he says, and repent with godly sorrow. Godly sorrow means that we're broken because of sin that's in our life and that, that we don't want to be that way no more. So I repent. And, and so what I'm doing is that I'm, I'm facing all the sins that I'm, I'm walking towards sin because I'm a sinner. And so I give my heart to the Lord through repentance and confessing that Jesus Christ is, is uh, uh, the Lord and that believing in my heart that God repented him, I mean, raised him from the dead, and then saying, I want you to save me, I want, you, I want to repent of my sin, and I'm sorry for my evil deeds. Now listen to what it does. And so when I repent, there's sin, and I start to walk towards God. Well, let me ask you this question. If I'm walking towards God, then I'm not going to sin no more. Did you get a hold of that? And so that we've forgotten how to do that. Let me tell you something about the United States. I don't pray for the United States to return to God, not to return to God. I pray for the United States to turn to God. I, I pray that, that we see what horrible dilemma that we're in because government's not going to get us out of it. And I pray that the church turns its face towards God and that we repent from our sin and God will heal our land. He said he would. How many of you understand that? He said he would heal our land. And so that's what I'm looking for. So listen, is, is it wrong to say that when I repented of my sin and I give my heart to the Lord and repentance means that I've had a change of mind. I've not only repented, but I've re I have repentance and I've changed my mind and I'm going to walk towards the Lord. Doesn't that mean that when I got saved, I give up alcohol? That I give up drugs? Doesn't that mean when I got saved, I give up immorality and I give up those things? Because, listen, that's the sin I was walking towards. And when I repented, I turned myself around in them things behind me now, not in front of me. So if I've repented and I turn to the Lord, am I not walking towards the Lord? And if I'm walking towards the Lord, do you think maybe he's got his hand stretched out like you would your child? Do you think as you're walking to, towards the Lord, you know, you take your little children and, and you want them to walk. So what do they do? Yeah, you do that. You put your hands out there and, and you might even back up. Why? It's not to be mean to him, them so they'll walk further. You, you, you might have God backing up on you, but that's not because he doesn't love you. That means because he wants you to grow stronger in the faith. How many of you understand that? And we've gotten away from that in the church, and we've allowed secularism and humanism to come in. Listen, people, listen to me. And, and I know it's going to go out there. But do you understand that abortion is murder? And do you understand that homosexuality is not of God? And, and they can say that it is, but it's not of God. 
Listen, you were created a man or you was created a woman, and that's who you are. And so now you might have been lied to and somebody tell you this, that, that you was born that way. You wasn't born that way. Let me tell you how you was born. You, everybody was born the same way. We was born in sin and shaping in iniquity. So if that be the case, then we can throw anything in anybody's mind that we want to to try to shape them. But when we come to the Lord, what does he do? He reshapes us. And he changes us. Now, listen to what he says. He says, he is the light of the world. And he said, he who follows him shall not walk in darkness. Let me show you what this darkness is. This darkness is being unhappy and ruined because of the consequence of sin or sin itself. How many, how many Christians, maybe some of you in here, people listening to us over Facebook and the Internet, are unhappy because of the consequences of sin, because nobody's really ever preached to you the gospel of Jesus Christ to let you know that when Jesus Christ saved you, he saved you from all your sin. Now turn away from it. Because understand this, you're a Christian, you're walking in sin, there's consequences to sin. Because you think you're a Christian, you can walk in sin, you can't. Now, now the, the scripture verse that, that Bill, Pastor Bill started off with, he said, I have liberty to do all things. But, you know, people, you can't stop there because, listen to what he said, I'm not going to do all things because I'm not going to let them master over me. Because what will happen is the darkness will become a master over you and you will be ruined and you will live in unhappiness and you will live in fear. When Jesus said he is the light and not only the light but the life. Amen. Can you say amen to that? So listen to my friend. We just need to walk in the light because the darkness is the consequences of sin. Satan, he, he already knows the world is walking in darkness, but he really loves it when Christians walk in darkness because pre preachers behind the pulpit will not tell people the truth. And what the truth is, stop sinning. Because, because John said that in 1 John chapter 2. He said, my little children, I do not sin. Stop sinning. Paul tells, Paul goes through all of his, his epistles and he says, listen, stop sinning. Because there is a consequence to sin. And one of the biggest consequences is you don't get to walk in the light as he is in the light. If you're not walking in the light as he is in the light, then you're not having fellowship one with the other. The Bible says if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with the other. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Can you say amen to that? So he says he shall not walk in darkness, but shall have light. Now, now listen to this. Remember, that light is not quenched and that light is the life of God or that we will walk in the light and we will have life and understand what that word life means. It's, it's Z-O-E, Zoe life. And here's what it is. It's life in the spirit. It's life in the soul. It's life in the body. It expresses all of the highest and the best with Christ. And listen what it is. It's the highest blessing on all creation and all creatures. Do you understand that God give us Zoe life? And when he give us Zoe life, listen, he give us happiness in the cross. He give us the joy of the Lord. Christ gives to the saints Zoe life. And here, let me tell you what Zoe life is. Zoe life is eternal life. Can you say amen to that? Now, people listen to me. We don't, we don't preach anymore about hell, but somewhere along the line, we need to start. Amen. 
We need to start telling people, listen, you're never going to die. Where the soul of man never died. You're never going to die. Do you understand what I just said to you? You're not going to die. And if you're walking in darkness, listen, you're not looking for the coming of the Lord. As a matter of fact, people who walk in darkness, Christians who walk in darkness, listen, have a fear about the coming of the Lord. Have a fear of death itself. But those who walk in the Zoe life of the Lord Jesus Christ are waiting for his appearing, are loving his appearing, and are loving life itself, and are happy in the Lord, and, and have joy in the Lord, even when persecution comes to the church. Listen to me, friend. What you see out there called COVID-19, shut the globe down. And if you think that this thing's coming to an end, you're wrong. This is one of many things that are going to happen. And this thing's going to be over, and then something else is going to go over. And the devil thinks it's funny that he, he, he and, and he laughs with glee because he, he shut down the world. He shut, listen to me, in order to shut down the church, he had to shut down the bar. In order to shut down the church, he had to shut down entertainment and sport. And I'll tell you right now, his purpose wasn't shut, to shut down entertainment and sport and, and the bar. His purpose was to shut down the church, and it worked. And it worked. But I'm going to tell you something. Listen to me. We are rising up because he showed his hand. And what we see is, listen, we are coming together, and we are not afraid of this thing. And so because we have Zoe life in us, and we walk in light, not darkness. Can you say Amen. Listen, I believe in the word so much that my, my grandson back there don't have anything to say about it anymore. And what do you mean? I called him into ministry. And so if he doesn't, he's going to be miserable. Now, does he want to be miserable? Is he going to go into ministry? And I called those two young girls back there. I called them into ministry. And you say, you can't do that. Well, I did. I did, and, and they're serving the Lord, and so if they don't want to go into ministry, they're going to be miserable. And I'm going to tell both my granddaughters, you wait for it. You, you don't settle for second best, man. You wait on the Lord, and he'll give you the best. I'm going to tell Austin and Trinity, Jaden, I'm sorry, Jaden. I knew that. But, but Jesus is the light of the world. He's the happiness, uh, the joy of the Lord. So let me, let me go on here, okay? And... Uh, I, I kind of got excited when, when I, I got this message together, but they tell me I'm not supposed to get excited just yet, okay, and, and uh, uh, they could be right, okay? There's, there's some things that I just need to work myself into. And, and listen, and, and sometimes I tend to forget some things, but God will restore my memory because that's the medication, and I understand that. My eyesight's not real good right now, but God's restoring that. So if he restores that, he's going to restore my memory and my brain. Okay, now listen to what it says in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him, the Lord, and announced to you, that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. And if that be the case, understand this one thing. If there's no darkness at all, you're walking in victory. How many of you know that when Jesus brought you into the kingdom of God through being born again and, he, and, and his precious blood covered your sin, you started to walk in light? Come on. So if you're walking in darkness, it means you had to turn your back on him. It means you had to, you, you had to turn, turn around and do some things. 
Now, here's the greatness about the Lord Jesus Christ. He'll forgive you. How many of you understand that? And you say, well, pastor, what do I do? Give your heart to the Lord? No, you've already done that. Tell the Lord you want to renew your relationship with him and that you are repenting of those things that happen in darkness because, listen, evil is done in darkness. Sin is done in darkness. And understand this. All you have to do is turn around into the light. Just turn around into the light. That's all you have to do. And the blood of Jesus, he'll cleanse you, he'll wash you. The Bible says he's faithful. If we confess our sin, that God is faithful to forgive us. He is faithful to cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. He's talking about the church. Listen, God doesn't want you walking in darkness. He doesn't want me walking in darkness. Because what is darkness? Darkness is the uh, 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 circumstances of sin. And so what happens is, is that God has to judge darkness. How many of you understand that? God has to judge sin. People think because we're saved, God doesn't judge sin. Listen, that's a lie. That's a lie. God judges sin. My life, your life, he's going to judge sin. Hey, you know what? Let him judge it now. Because there's two places. Either you're going to go to heaven or you're going to go to eternal damnation. How many of you understand that? And if you're not saved, you're, you're, you're not going to heaven. So you're, you're going into eternal damnation. You, you know, I was, I was reading what this preacher said. And, and this preacher said, you know, hell is going to be hotter than, any, hotter than the sun itself, but it's not going to shed any light. And I thought, wow, isn't that the truth? Because light is of God. And there will not be an ounce of light in hell. It'll be utter darkness. It's going to be total darkness. The Bible says where the worm dieth not, it's going to be total agony. I don't care what they tell you. I knew a guy one time said even devil's going to be saved. That's a lie. He's not going to be saved. And listen, there's a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. How many of you know that? And so I'm going to, ta- I'm going to say this, that, that hell is darkness. And listen what it is. It's total abstinence of God. Total abstinence of God. But heaven is just the opposite. Heaven is all of God. And all of God illuminating in our life. So in 1 John, he says this. This is the message we have heard from him and announced to you. That God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. No, no walking in darkness. Verse 6, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Listen to me. I, I'm telling you something. If you're sinning and you're not convicted, man, you need to be afraid. If you're a Christian and you're sinning and, and, and you're not convicted, you need to be afraid. And the reason why you, you need to be afraid is because your conscience might have been seared. And if that's the case, that means God just backed away. And I am going to tell you, I don't know about you, but I don't want God to back away from me in anything in my life. And if, if, if you're sinning and you have no conviction or no conscience about that, you, you need to just search and say, what's going on with me? Because here's what's going to happen. If you take that to the Lord, he's going to pierce your heart. And when he pierces your heart, you're going to fall under great conviction. And that's called godly sorrow. And then you repent from that. And then the the wonderful light of the Lord comes into your life. Listen to me, comes into my life. I don't want to walk in darkness. I can tell you some things about what God showed me, but he showed me. And so I don't know if, if that would make any difference with you at all. Someday if you want to ask me, I'll tell you about it. But he said, if we say that we have no fellowship with him... 
if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and we do not practice the truth. And here, here's the thing. You know what? You're either practicing sin or you're practicing righteousness. But it's a choice that you're going to make. It's a choice that I'm going to make. I'm either practicing sin or I am practicing uh, 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 light of God. And I'm practicing truth. My dad told me this a long time ago, and I never forgot it because I believe it to be the truth. He said, if men walk, he, he said, if men know the truth, they'll walk in it. And I said, well, dad, why don't people walk in it? He said, because they don't know it. And it's not preached anymore. I'm trying to preach to you truth today. I'm trying to preach to you that, listen, God is light and we need to walk in the Zoe life of God. And that Zoe life of God is eternal joy with the Lord. And it's the light of God. And he gives all Christians that are born again his Zoe life. And so you can participate in it or you don't have to participate in it, but it's right there for you. Now, here's what I want you to hear. You're either practicing sin or you're practicing righteousness. One or the other. And you know within yourself, and people out there know within themselves, I know within myself who I am. And so if there's sin in my life, hey, that's, there's an easy, easy solution to that. The devil might want me to think that that's hard, and he might bring condemnation my way all the time, but there's an easy solution to that. You know what it is? Turn to the Lord. Amen. It's just that simple. You say it's not that simple. It's that simple. It is that simple. Just turn around and turn from your sin, even as a Christian, and start walking in the light. Because you're going to practice righteousness or you're going to practice sin. You're going to practice one or the other. And when you look at that word practice, it means you have to make a conscious choice of what you're going to do. I have to make a conscious choice that I'm going to serve the Lord. I know I'm baptized with the Holy Spirit, and I know that I have an ear to hear the Holy Spirit. I hope you do too. But I want you to hear this. I have to practice in my life to walk towards the Lord. And you say, the Holy Spirit guides you. The Holy Spirit guides me walking towards the Lord. But I have to make that decision and say, Holy Spirit, lead me. It was David when he caught himself in sin. He said, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. He said, my heart is overwhelmed. He said, so lead me to the rock that is higher than I. He said, because I'm so overwhelmed, I can't do it right now. Listen, if you're so overwhelmed, you can't do it. I'm giving you some good news. Jesus Christ is the rock. He'll pick you up out of the miry clay and he'll set you on solid rock Christ Jesus. That's who he is. Listen to me, Jesus is wanting to us to have a relationship with him. Jesus is not a God of darkness. He's a God of life, and he is the God of light. Listen, how do we know we have passed from, from, from sin? How do we know that we have passed from death unto life? Listen to what it says in 1 John 3.14. We know that we have passed out of death into life. Remember what life is. It's the life of God, the Zoe life. He said we know that we have passed out of death into life. We have less, left the darkness and the separation of God because we love the brethren. He who does not abide in love abides in death. Listen, what God will do inside of you, the light of Jesus will illuminate everything in your life and will bring the beauty in your life that's there. You see, because we want to think that we're ugly. And, and uh, don't you even try to go there and tell me what I really look like. He's the only one that got it. But, you know, you know, 
you can tell me all the time that I'm not ugly. But it's until I start seeing myself as not ugly. How many of you got that? You can tell me right now of all the good things that I've done. But it's until I know in my knower that I'm walking towards the Lord that's going to make any difference. Now I'm going to tell you something. If I had it to do over again, I don't know that I'd have this heart surgery. This has been tough. And, and I knew it was going to be tough. But it's been tough. And, and I still find myself getting weak. And I still can't do some of the things that I used to do. And they, they tell me that I'm going to get stronger and that I am. And so if, if I had it to do over again, I don't know that I'd do it. But let me tell you something. What God has done in my life through this surgery, how he's opened up heaven and showed me some things in me. And some darkness in my life that I had to get rid of that I didn't know was there. And you know what? I need to be honest with you. Some of it I knew that was there. And then some of it I didn't know that was there. But God said, you got to get rid of all that darkness. And there's some things that you need to do to have a better relationship with me. And so I'm listening to the Lord. I have a keen ear to hear him because here's something that happens. Listen, we know when we passed from death into life. Because the love of God abides inside of us. And when the love of God abides inside of us, of us listen, that light is going to illuminate. Because what happened was, when, when Paul the Apostle on the Damascus Road was saved and converted over to the Lord, listen, he was saved at the noonday, which is the brightest time of light. But it said the, the light that shone on him outshone the sun. Because that was the light that came the first day okay that was the light of God and it outshone the sun and you know what that light in Paul's life did it showed him every bit of darkness that was inside of him I know that you're not going to hear anybody say that but I'm telling you that light when God just shone his light on Paul and Paul seen the glory of the Lord and the light of the sun he saw himself as unclean Isaiah, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, Isaiah saw himself as unclean. Listen, when you start to see yourself as unclean and you say, Lord, I want you to shine the light of life on me, that Zoe life, then he's going to show you every single thing about yourself. And when he shows you every single thing about yourself, then you have to make the decision for him or you have to make the decision against him. But listen, you'll make a decision. How many of you understand that? And so on that aspect right there, I'm glad I had that surgery. Not that my heart is better, but my relationship with God is better. My relationship with my family is better. My relationship with this church is better. My relationship with my brother is better. Understand this. When God shines his light on you, it's going to repel that darkness, and that darkness has to leave. How many of you believe that? If you do, say amen. So we know how we, we pass from death unto life. It's we allow the, the love of God to shine in us. The light of Jesus illuminates everything about us. And when it does, it's actually going to show our beauty. Now, our beauty is not what we think it is. It's not mascara. It's not a beard or no beard. Our beauty is Jesus Christ inside of us being illuminated to a world that's dark. 
Do you understand that if we really could understand the concept of what I'm trying to preach right now, and I don't know if I'm getting it across to you, but if you allow the light of God to come into your life, if I allow the light of God to come into my life and let it shine forth, then the beauty of Christ is going to be shown to a lost and dying world. Isn't that what we really want? That's why I tell people, I say, when you talk about your children, speak of them as if they're already saved. But they're not, Pastor. I know, but by faith, I'm going to speak that they are. Now, now listen to this in Matthew 5, 14. Jesus says this. Now, listen to what he says. You are the light of the world. A city that's set on a hill cannot be hidden. Verse 16. Let your life shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Listen to what he's saying. He's saying this. He's saying if we allow the light of God to shine through us, the world is going to see the beauty of Jesus through us. Can you say amen to that? The beauty of the Lord. Listen, the beauty of the Lord, it will shine. And when it shines, darkness cannot comprehend it. It it repels the darkness and the darkness has to leave. I'm telling you something. It is not far-fetched to think about this one. That baby's okay. It is not far-fetched to think of this. Listen to me. That people will come in here and want to get saved. Now listen to me, it is not far-fetched to think that a pastor can have an anointing on him and lay hands on you and God heal you. It's not far-fetched to think you, being filled with the Holy Spirit, can lay your hands on your husband or your wife or your children and start to speak into their life. It is not a far-fetched thing. And why is that? Because God is inside of us. His son Jesus is inside of us. And he illuminates his beauty through us. And listen, that's what the devil doesn't want the world to see. Okay, now pay attention because I'm almost done in an hour. But I want you to pay attention to this. So my dad, you thought I forgot that, didn't you? But my dad said, if a, if, if a man knows the truth, he'll walk in the truth. And so I used this description. And I showed it to Deb Butterfield the other day. And she understood it. But I don't know if everybody understand it. In the middle of the Garden of Eden was planted a tree. And that tree was the knowledge of good and evil. And what God said to Adam and Eve, he said, listen, he said, don't eat of that tree. For in the day that you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will surely die that day. You shall surely die. You're going to die in the spirit and you're going to die in your flesh. He said, so don't eat it. So the enemy comes and he seduces them and they are tempted towards evil because they are good. They are the righteousness of God. They have all the authority. God said to the man, he said, whatever you call that animal, that's what it is. He said, whatever you do, that you have the authority over the ground, you have the authority over the birds in the air, you have authority. So he's walking in in a place that we could call euphoria. He is walking in a utopian type place. He is not evil. There is no evil in him. And so therefore, God said, don't eat of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So then Satan comes along. And what does he do? He tempts him into evil. And so they are tempted to do evil. Do you 
understand that 2,000 years ago, God planted a tree right in the middle of, of the world itself, and it's called the cross of Calvary. Do you understand that now that men are tempted to do good, I mean, tempted to go to the truth and, and forsake uh, the, the non-truth? Do you understand that? And then you say, you ask this question to me, then why do you say that? Why, why aren't people getting saved? Because we're not preaching the truth and people don't know the truth. And the truth is not making them free because we're not planting the truth. How many of you understand that? But the Bible says, Jesus said, if you know the truth, the truth will make you free. How many of you understand that? So if we plant the cross in right in, in, in sin, if we plant the cross right in the middle of darkness, then guess what? The beauty of the Lord will illuminate and it will draw people to him. But you can't have darkness in yourself to illuminate beauty. How many of you understand that? So when the Lord saved you, he put his spirit inside of you, and he wants you to lead people to the Lord. So we are his beauty. And in, in, where am I at here? Okay, I got that part. All right, let me go to the next page. It's another hour. Not really. Somebody say man. Okay, I told her to. In order for man to be the light of God, the man needs to have a personal re relationship with his son Jesus. With his son Jesus. We have a personal, you, you, you want a personal relationship with God, you must have a personal relationship with his son Jesus. Now, now understand something about Jesus. Jesus is God. Jesus is the creator. He is God. God in the flesh and deity also. 100% man when he was on earth, 100% God. He wasn't half man, he wasn't half God. He's not uh, a Greek mythology. He's not that. But you must have a personal relationship with his son Jesus. You cannot glorify God if you don't have a personal relationship with his son Jesus. People are not afraid to talk about God because they assume God in many, many different ways. The Muslim sees Allah as God, you know, it, it, different things. When, when I was in the hospital, the, the nurse practitioner, because I, I said to all of them, are you, you saved and you're born again? I thought, man, this is perfect time for me to witness it. When, when, when my therapists come over, I talk to them for a half hour about Jesus and then let them do the therapy. And it helped them. They're watching right now. And I'm telling you the truth. And, and so I said to this, this uh, uh, young lady, I said, uh, are you saved? She said, no, I'm a Buddhist. And I said, so then you're looking for truth. And she said, yeah, I am. I said, okay. When you find truth, You'll find it in Jesus Christ. So I have no problem for you looking for truth. But when you find real truth, didn't I tell her that? I said, when you find real truth, it'll lead you right to Jesus. Because, see, we have to have a relationship with Jesus in order for that light to shine inside of us. And it repels the darkness. If people don't like you, you need to do something about that. Because you need to have people being able to come to you. All right, now listen. This, this is what John Piper stated. 
He said, Jesus speaks from God. Jesus speaks for God. And Jesus speaks as God. And I believe that. Listen to what he says. Jesus speaks from God. Jesus speaks for God. And Jesus speaks as God. Why? Because he's God. You see, the big deal is not about God. The big deal is about Jesus. And you're not going to be persecuted for the name of God. But you'll be persecuted for the name of Jesus. And you'll be persecuted for everything that Jesus stands for. And Jesus said, they'll hate you because they hated me. And I'm going to tell you something. If ever there was a time in the history of man that the name of Jesus is hated, it's right now. But the devil got himself a problem. And what he, the problem that he has is preachers now are standing up and say, you know what? We're walking in the light of God and we're going to tell you the truth who Jesus Christ is. He is the son of the living God. And I want you to pay attention to me, world, that this thing is going to change because we're changing. Listen, this needs to be a wake-up call for every pastor, for every priest, for every prophet, for every apostle, whatever you want to give yourself. This needs to be a wake-up call. And what is the wit? wake-up call that men are dying and they're being lost and they're going to eternal damnation what is the truth the truth is jesus the one the very one that the world hates the what as we once walked in darkness the world walks in darkness but now we 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 walk in light and so that's something that we need to tell people jesus christ is light he is the light and the life of men. Understand something. It's all about Jesus, and that's not going to change. Why is that not going to change? Because Jesus is the light of the world. And his children will be the light of the world. Listen, Jesus is the brightness of God shining in the retina of the soul. When, the, when that, that light out there hits your retina, you see light. But let me tell you something about Jesus. What Jesus does, he looks into the very nature of who you are, looks right into the retina of your spiritual eye, and then he starts to illuminate himself inside of you, and all of a sudden that illumination just comes back into a lost and dying world. You say, how can I be a witness? Let God come into your life and take the darkness out of your life. You have things in your life that are stopping you from really serving God the way you know you're supposed to. Not the way you need to, but the way you're supposed to serve God. Then just repent of that thing even today. And turn away from it and say, you know what, God, I want the light of God to shine within me because I not only want your light to shine and repel and take out the darknesses in me, but I want your light to shine into the retina of my soul so that I can see a lost and dying world, so that I can be that person, God, that you want me to be. I'm, I'm, I'm coming to an end. The light of the world paid for our freedom at the cross in john chapter 9 and verse 5 jesus says while i am in the world i am the light of the world but when he leaves does the light go out no the light didn't go out why didn't the light go out because he made you and i 
the light of the world. Colossians 1.27 says this. It says, Jesus Christ in us, the hope of glory. So Jesus dwells in me. The Holy Spirit dwells in me. And so instead of Jesus himself walking on this earth as one man, Jesus walks on this earth now because he's in you and I. And so now what is, he is the light of the world. See, the Muslims, see, the devil's got a problem with the Muslims. And here's his problem. Do you understand that there's more Muslims being saved right now than any other time in the world? You understand that? And how are the Muslims being saved? Because they're persecuting Christians. We're talking about true born-again Christians, missionaries of God. And they're watching these Christians being persecuted for the sake of Jesus Christ and for them to be saved. That they are dis disowning Allah and they are picking up the cross of Jesus and they're being saved right now by the millions. How many of you know that? And let me tell you something about the Lord. What is it? It's because those people refused to, to uh, con they, they refused uh, not to uh, live, but to be persecuted for the Lord that their light may shine. You want your, your family saved? I tell you, it's, in your, it's right there in the palm of your hand. You want your family saved? Let the light of God shine forth. You, you, you want your neighbor saved? Then let the light of God shine forth. But I'll tell you something, friend. You can't let the light of God shine forth if you're practicing sin. You can't do it. It's impossible. And the consequence of that darkness will not ever bring you to the reward in the Lord Jesus Christ. But it'll bring you, well, when you go to see Jesus, it'll bring you to judgment. Jesus is the, is, Jesus in the world, through every born again person, is the light of the world. God separated the light from the darkness in Genesis chapter 1. God made the sun and the moon in Genesis 1, 14 through 19 on the fourth day. So what happened on that first day? God shed his light that we might have life forever. In John chapter 1 and verse 4, in him Jesus was Zoe life. And that Zoe life was the light of all mankind. Stand with us this morning, if you would. Let me tell you what hell is. Hell is darkness without no light. It's fire that has no light. And you say, why is that important? Because understand this. Jesus is light. And if there was a flame in hell, then there'd be hope. Because it's light. But there's no hope. And I, I know people don't preach that way anymore. But you're going to have a problem with me. Because I'm going to preach more of that. Because I need... I want to see, hey, Harold, bring your, bring your worship up here. And if you just want to bring the guitars and them guys, that's fine too. Come on down, Harold. Okay, yeah. He wants you to go to the piano. Are you coming down, Harold? Okay. All right. But here's what I want you to understand. I'm not a doomsday preacher. I don't want to preach doomsday. I want to preach the light of God. And I want every single person to understand 
that Jesus Christ is right there waiting to change us from the old into the new. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation or a new creature. The old things have passed away, and behold, all things become new. And I like that word behold because it's a declaration. And, and, and what happens is, is when a sinner comes to Jesus, all of heaven erupts for one soul that comes to the Lord. So how about if many souls come to the Lord? Heaven is in revival that never ends. If I said to you right now, if I said to you, raise your hand if you want to see a revival, I know that it would be 100% of everybody in this church raising their hand for revival. But my friend, revival is not going to come until the light of Jesus shines. Till the light of Jesus shines. And I, and, and I know this. That if you're saved, there's no condemnation in your life. So if Holy Spirit right now is piercing you, that's called conviction. Because once you came to the Lord, He'll never condemn you again. See, Holy Spirit looked at you one day and He said, You're guilty. Guilty of what? Of sin. Sin against my son. I'm sorry. What's the judgment? He said, death. He said, you have to die. So you died. And now Holy Spirit said, now I'm going to resurrect you in the newness of life. And so what he did to us, he resurrected us in the newness of life. But the devil caught some things. And they allowed darkness to come into our life. Here's what I want you to understand. That darkness has to dissipate as the light of Jesus shines. So let your life shine before all men. Can you say amen? Father God, we give you praise. And we give you glory. For you are the light of the world. And Father, I, I don't know if I articulated this the way you wanted me to. I hope I did. But I know that you're the light of the world. And I know that right now, you want me to give an altar call. And I'm going to give an altar call. Father, I, I look around in this church, and I see almost everybody here that I know of is born again. But Lord, as your word was spoken today, and there was some darkness shown, Father, I pray that we repent from that. Now, would you look at me for a minute? If God has shown you in your life, there's, there's, there's darkness. He showed me. March 2000, March the, the 2nd, 2020, I lost my life. Now, I about died a couple times in the natural, but that night I died. 
And I didn't die in the flesh. God just showed me everything I needed to show, to be shown. And Jesus said this, if you want to save your life, you have to lose it. And so I said, God, I want a refreshing and a new anointing in my life. And he showed me things. They weren't good. He showed me things to come. He gave me pictures of hell. And he said, that's where men are going to go that don't know me. And there that night, I just surrendered everything to Jesus that I knew to surrender. And the peace of God came over me and it overwhelmed me that let me know that He's light. And in Him there is no darkness. And so here's what I want to say to you. Sometimes the hardest trips that we can ever make is that one right down that aisle. But I am telling you that if you'll make that trip right down that aisle, either kneel at that altar or stand before the Lord, I don't care. Or you want me to lay hands on you, I'll do that. But say, you know what, Dar darkness has to leave. And it's going to leave right now because, God, you're showing me some things. And I'm going to come here and I'm going to lay them that darkness at your feet and the light of Jesus come into my life and dispel that darkness. I'm going to ask you to come if you'll come. As the Holy Spirit speaks to you, I want you to come. Because that darkness can be driven away.